0: Welcome to D4 Sports, Day Drinking with Don and Dustin. I'm Don.
1: And I'm Dustin. We're coming to you from Lubbock, Texas.
0: And London, England. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome everyone to D4 Sports, Episode 10, our 10th episode. Quite a milestone in the podcasting world. Dustin, here we are, 10 episodes in. How are you feeling?
1: It's pretty impressive to get to 10, especially when we don't know how many are listening, who's listening. You know, we just see numbers. Um, yeah. It, it, is, it is nice to, to see that number, I guess, especially since we didn't really know what we were doing jumping into this, but we had talked about no. it for so long that um, getting here, I guess, is, is a milestone in and of itself.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, hearkening back to last episode, the nice thing is we have episode 218 planned, right? For, exactly. You know, Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. And Dragons, baby. Keep, keeping that out there. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. We got a long ways to go.
0: We, yeah, yeah. A long, yeah. Yes, that's it's almost hurts my back to think about being my age. And, of course, you, newly 40, and uh, having had quite an adventure this weekend uh, yourself, uh, can surely empathize with the back
1: yeah yeah quite an adventure i would say spending you know 50 some odd hours in a vehicle
0: a vehicle yeah what kind of vehicle would that be
1: (laughs) it it would be a a hearse so you know that's a story story for another day for sure um but uh you know spending three days and driving that you know far and it, it it was an adventure and my back definitely said hey you are no longer 20 You are not.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Dustin spent 50 hours in a hearse. And that's not like some sort of dare, like, you know, being buried alive or something. It just sort of feels like it. Right?
1: Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have accepted that dare, but here we are. Here we are. So, yeah. And
0: and in the event that nobody listened to the earlier segments, Dustin, of course, is a funeral director. So it's not wholly out of the ordinary. Well, I mean, it's out of the ordinary, but. Anyway, we'll unpack that story, you know, over the weeks to come and whatnot. But Dustin's had a big weekend. So, you know, I'm going to do my best to kind of carry him along through this show. Uh, But uh, here we are on October the 3rd, which, for the record, is my sister's birthday. So, a happy birthday to my sister, Uh, who's a couple years older. Yeah, indeed. A couple years older than me, but uh, she's doing well and uh, wishing her all the best this day. But, uh, so we'll start here in the D four World Family Pick'em League, Dustin. We tied again. We tied again. Yeah,
1: we talked too much about it, so I guess we're starting to think alike, which is scary.
0: Well, yeah. But what was uh, what was the pick of the week that you thought I'm oh, I'm gonna pick the upset? And we both picked it. Was there one of those this week?
1: Uh no, there usually is. Um, to to be honest, I tried to follow as much as I could, but. Uh, I I don't know if there was anything that just like flat out stuck out to me uh, in regard to uh, yeah. a, a you know just a random pick or a surprise pick, but um, we'll, there some we we interest- actually
0: I'm, lo- I'm looking at it again. We only picked two picks differently this week. I picked okay. Buffalo, and you picked Miami, and I got that, and then I took right. the Colts, and you took the Rams, and you got that. So okay, there we go. Nothing but, too crazy. Uh, no, no, but but otherwise, uh, I came out a little bit ahead this week, in the uh, in our, our fantasy picks, my uh, DraftKings. Uh, we tied, you know, in the family pickup, but I was up four three in our other games. So that leaves us at uh, current standings, seventeen to fourteen and two. Dustin is up three at this point and uh, continues his uh, two game lead in the family pickup pool. So you know, there's that, and I I would just say to any of our listeners out there, if you like football, if you like, get a, a group of friends together and do a pick'em league. It's you know it it's really quite a lot of fun, um, whether you're any good at it or not, whether you know anything about it or not. Because frankly, you know my wife, uh, I love her to death, but knows nothing about football, even though she lives with me, and you know she's had two solid weeks here in a row, so. Uh, you know, it's, I would do it.
1: Well, it can definitely be enjoyable, and especially when you get a group of people that um, can talk a little bit of trash and take yeah. take the talk as well. I mean, you can't, you know, give it and not receive it. But uh, it, it is fun. It's enjoyable. It's something to talk about, something to involve the family or friends or however that looks for anybody.
0: And uh, I don't know if you're specifically referencing my brother there, but uh, my brother lifelong Raiders fan has just been really taking the heat from not only me, but my daughter, my daughter's really actually been maybe worse than I have this year. Um, just taking, she's been laying
1: it on thick to Stuart. Yeah. I mean, she really has pretty, pretty thick,
0: but to his credit, he's solo first, he's out there all by himself. He's one game ahead of the pack. And so, you know, uh, way to go, Stu. Good job. Um, you know, uh, Raiders fan, you know, I, you know, he's held on all these years, but, oh, and also our uh, English Premier League, our Fantasy League, I mean, Dustin, the news for you is not quite so good there.
1: No, it's definitely, uh, I've taken a few steps backwards, Um, but, uh, you know, going into it, not knowing anything, I still don't know anything, so (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's okay.
0: I am purely playing it by the numbers. Right. Like, I mean, I still I mean, I'm in England, so I can't help but be around it. I mean, literally, I'm at work. Every team call. Everybody has their team. Everybody talks about their not even about fantasy stuff, but like, you know, it's just it's part of the culture over here. But I still don't know anybody. I'm purely playing the numbers. But I I'm telling you, if I did this well in our Pickem league, I'd be five games ahead because I am knocking it out of the park in our fantasy and on our English premier league fantasy team. So I am you in really two are. leagues. I, 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 I'm up on you now by about 40 points. Um, and I'm up on, on my, uh, in my work league, I'm up on my boss by 150, 150 points in seven weeks. And I'm 40 points clear in that league too. So I'm like, you know, I'm nailing it, but I'm hundred percent doing it by the numbers. I, cause I don't know these guys. I mean, I, I know Mo Salah. You know, I've, I've heard of Saka. I know Erling Holland because he scores all the time for Man City and set the record last year. Beyond that, I mean, my knowledge is basically zero. But, you know, I'm, I'm riding my guys. I'm, I'm playing the numbers, and I'm, I'm riding my guys. And, uh, you know, it's going pretty well. So I've uh, heard of a
1: couple of them. That's about it.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like if somebody doesn't know football and listens to our podcast – I'm sure about halfway through they're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who they're talking about anymore, right? The casual listener does not know Kenny Pickett. They might know Patrick Mahomes and oh by the way Taylor Swift.
1: They would know that name.
0: Dustin, do you just want to spend the rest of the time talking about Taylor Swift because I feel like that would almost be appropriate here?
1: Um, we may get more listeners. Um <laughs> but but we aren't ESPN, so I don't no, I don't think we should true. should talk about Taylor Swift the whole time.
0: No, but, man, I just – i I'm still mind-blown. Have you seen the numbers? Like, women under 25 – I don't know how they track all this. Women under 25 viewership in Sunday Night Football increased, like, 50% like last weekend because here's Taylor Swift. At
1: how do I, you get those numbers? That's, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know how they do those anymore. I mean, at some – it used to be this old paper survey they sent out back in the day. I don't know what they're doing now, but yeah, it's uh, man, the fact that Taylor Swift can take over the NFL—I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with that. I don't feel entirely comfortable
1: that, with that. That that says a lot about the viewership, I guess.
0: <laughs> but uh, anyway, so Millwall, Dustin, how was Millwall this week?
1: They uh, were not good. Lost three nil, and total disappointment. Again, our prowess on offense is really showing through. Um, we just can't get a goal to save our lives, and then can't score. allowing allowing uh, others to get that on us is is tough. Um, so, and actually, they're playing right now as we speak. Uh, it's mm. fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes in, and it's zero uh, zero. So, we'll see how so that we'll one ends you. up.
0: Yeah, we'll keep you up. To, and I, I had forgotten. I, I forgot that they had a midweek game. That's shame on me. But. Uh... Yeah, here they are. They're playing Plymouth. This is actually a pretty big game because Plymouth's a pretty good team this year, yeah.
1: Uh, they're ahead of us, but we have the same record 3-2 and 4, I think, is what um oh, okay. where it stands. So
0: I thought I, I thought they were maybe a little further up. But but we will give you periodic Millwall updates live as we go uh, through this episode. So anyway, uh all right, well that's kind of the the, you know, the sort of home turf uh you know topics but uh time for some opening shots Dustin do you have any opening shots for this week I know you spent most of the uh you know last few days in a hearse but uh you got anything you want to uh, drop in here
1: well I'll just tell you it was pretty lively the whole weekend but I, I tried to to make sure that I followed some I think um I'm gonna go to uh I'm gonna go to football. And okay. it's definitely gonna be in regards to betting. And we've talked about this before, mm.
0: mm-hmm. but
1: Patrick Mahomes. Oh right? We all know Patrick mm. Mahomes. So I believe that the Chiefs were an eight and a half point favorite. Right? Mm. Comes down, they've got the ball, they're up three. Mm-hmm. And so I know where you're going with this. Yep, I know exactly he, where you're going. <laughs> he has a chance. He takes off running. And there's what? Uh maybe a minute left. Maybe a minute yeah, 30. A minute no, half, no yeah, timeout. Okay. Yeah. No timeouts yeah. left for the other team. Um You know, he gets the first down. They can run the clock out. They don't have to worry about anything. But he's I think he has an open open field uh to get to the end zone, or fairly open field, but he takes off running. You know, he, he scores the touchdown. They're going to win anyway because they go yep. up enough to solidify the win. Uh, yep. But but what does he do? He takes off running and then just slides. Slide Goes down. Like the
0: two-yard line. Yep.
1: Yep. Goes down about the two-yard line. If he runs across the goal line, yeah. they go up nine, which solidifies mm-hmm. the eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Yep. So – I don't think that in his mind he did it like we think McVay no. may have done. In his mind, no, I yeah. think he totally just said, "I go down here, we run the clock out. It doesn't matter what happens, you know." So, uh, you know, he he made the football play in the end, but you know, those betters were like, "You've got to be kidding me!"
0: Oh yeah, oh, I didn't even know. I yeah, I was not aware. I mean, I again, that was a night game, so over here. It runs at one thirty, and I get up the next morning and I get like the condensed replay and I watch the replay, but I remember watching that and he, de- he a hundred percent could have scored. I mean, there's no question. He could have, he might've taken a hit. So maybe he's thinking oh, I'll slide down to prevent the hit, but I can tell you 10 years ago in the NFL, everybody's going in the end zone there. And, uh, but no, I was not aware of the point spread. So nice.
1: Yeah. I'm Patrick pretty sure box. it was eight and a half. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I if, Hurt in the hearts wonder, of many. I wonder if Taylor had a bet on that.
1: <laughs> Maybe I, you I know Kelsey if, may have had if, whispered in his ear.
0: I wonder if wonder if Taylor didn't lay the points and was like, "No, no, I'm you know I'm you know I'm not going to see a cover." No, I, we would never do that to Taylor. We would never do that to Taylor. Is not that kind of girl. That's for sure. Surely not. Surely not. Surely not. That's a good one. That's that's a pretty good opening shot. I've, I've got one for you. Uh, newsflash, uh, Phil Nevin. Do you know who Phil Nevin is, Dustin? I do not. He is the manager of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Um, can you guess what his contract status for next year is? Not good. He will, <laughs> surprisingly, not be returning as the manager of the Angels next year.
1: You're kidding.
0: I I know as hard as that is to believe that, you know, he had a team that was on the cusp of playoff, you know, glory and getting there. They went into buyer's mode and then Shohei Otani, our boy, goes down and, oh, lo and behold, they managed to not win almost anything the last six weeks of the season. And It was announced today that Phil Nevin will not be returning as the manager of the Los Angeles Angels.
1: And neither will Shohei Ohtani.
0: Well, they have not yet formally announced that, but uh, I I suppose we have to at least get past the World Series before the betting begins on that. I would love to see the Vegas odds on that. I would would love to see the, the odds there.
1: Right. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes next year cuz well, we're pretty sure it's not going to be Anaheim or Los Angeles yeah, or sure whatever.
0: Yeah. I will say this much and, and we'll talk a little more baseball a little later on, but you know the the team that was just <laughs> the team that blows my mind this year in baseball is the are the San Diego Padres. That team was stacked and didn't even make the postseason. And man, I, I mean, they have spent a ton of money on that team in the last few years and have not gotten the return out of it. And uh, I am curious because, you know, that, that's it. Well, I, I don't know how much more money they have possibly to spend uh, after spending it all on Tatis and Juan Soto and others. Um, but boy, that, that, that one was a real, a real flub. But any, anyway, side note there, um, I, I have one more story uh, here's another name. I will ask if you know. Do you know Mondo Duplantis?
1: I'm gonna say no again. It's a fun name, though.
0: It is. A, it is a good name, and uh, I would say the only reason mm. I follow Mondo Duplantis is because I used to follow Sergey Bubka. Do you know who Sergey Bubka was?
1: Sounds like a cricket player.
0: Not cricket. He was a pole vaulter. Sergey Bubka. Back in the late '80s and early '90s, was an absolutely dominant pole vaulter and just tremendous pole vaulter. And and I've I've always had this kind of strange fascination with the pole vault because it just seems like the hardest thing in the world to do. Um, And you know and anyway, long and short, Nando Duplantis is seventeen. Mondo, pardon me, Mondo Duplantis, seventeen years old, pole vaulter just set a new world record uh, in the pole vault uh, this year at uh, 6.23 meters outdoors, uh, which is 20 feet, five inches. Um, Mm. To give you an idea of uh, any of you, I mean, if you listen to this and take a minute, Google Mondo de Plantas and see if you can actually see this pole vault because this is so extraordinary to me. These guys, I I don't know how long these poles are, but the bar is at least three or four feet above the top of the pole. So he goes and he springs into this jump. He pushes himself up off the top of this pole, a a full, again, three or four feet over the top, Clears, doesn't even brush the bar, has it by inches, and sets this new world record. And uh, it's, I don't even know. I've never tried, have you ever tried the pole vault?
1: No, I'm actually scared of heights, so you know.
0: Yeah, well, probably need to stay away. I'm from am sure. I'm not sure how high you'd get, but um, yeah, I, I I never really tried it either, and it was one of those things. Uh, well, you were a high jumper, so you know we have that established. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, Mondo Duplantis uh, sets the world record for the pole vault at 6.23 meters. 17 years old, uh, pretty pretty exceptional
1: that's probably the crazy thing about it is being so young and being, being able to get, you know, at that high of a level.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Cause you, know, typically these guys, I mean, you know, look, most athletes, male athletes peak in their early twenties, you know, 20 to 25, especially in a lot of these kind of Olympic type sports, you know, when, you know, a lot of them are purely speed based or endurance based kind of thing. But yeah, for a 17 year old kid, I mean, I wonder what this kid could do because uh, it's it's really uh, pretty exceptional, but uh, Mondo Duplantis, uh, C- come on, you know, come again, on,
1: Nick. In in the D four sports realm, you peak in your mid to late forties, so well, you know there are there are different but... levels here.
0: <laughs> that's a good that's a good. Now let's be let's be real clear. Mondo Duplantis is not a D four sportsman. He's no he's D1. no,
1: yeah, 100%. absolutely.
0: But I do hear you. Slow-pitch softball, Tuesday Night Bowling League, you know, lawn bowling over here, you know. Cornhole uh, over here. Cornhole. Hey, look, you can peek. I actually have a good cornhole story. I will save it for another time. But I've got, I actually witnessed a cornhole tournament that was, I mean, it took my (laughs) breath. I've been in a cornhole tournament. Oh, we found a new segment. Maybe episode you know, 14, Cornhole, uh, we'll, uh, we will explore the, the beauties of Cornhole. But I think for now, we're going to leave that as our opening shots for D4 Sports for this week. segment tonight called Mixed Drinks. Mixed Drinks. We're just going to kind of cover a hodgepodge of, of key stories. that You know, you mix it all together and, you know, it, it just goes down good. You know, kind of like, well, Dustin, what are you drinking right now? I, I forgot to ask you that in our opening segment. What are you drinking tonight?
1: It is a blueberry pomegranate sparkling water.
0: That sounds like a hodgepodge of throwing flavors together and hoping it goes down well.
1: It's going down. Well, I'm not sure about, but it's going down.
0: Well, let's face it, 50-some-odd hours in a hearse, what's going to go down well? Uh, over on my end, you know, I am keeping it straight with Jim Beam, a, uh, a, a standard American classic represented here over in the United Kingdom. But uh, I want to start with a, a truly international event that we had this last weekend, the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup in golf was this last weekend. Dustin, did you catch any of the Ryder Cup?
1: I didn't watch any of it, but I, mm-hmm. you know, read up a little bit on it and and followed somewhat. I know that uh, the U.S. did not start off on the right foot, and by that I mean no. not well at all, at no. all. Mm-mm. Was there a story or something about players being sick or something? You know, just to well, kind of make them feel better. <laughs>
0: I don't know i mean yeah there was some theoretical idea that maybe there was some mild sickness that went around but yeah boy for those who don't know the Ryder cup happens every other year it's the united states against europe basically or kind of the rest of the world but pretty much all europe and it's a it's a three-day tournament where they go out and they play lots of different formats and match play um and it's you know, it's 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 a very different environment than most golf tournaments, right? Because whichever side hosts, I mean, there's you know very raucous fans that really get into it, because you know it's not just rooting for one player; it's rooting for your your country or you know your you know all of Europe essentially when you're when you're rooting for it together. And this year it was in Rome, uh, in you know in Italy, Europe hosted, and I mean. I've played golf with uh, a few times over here with several guys in the UK. And uh, I, I went and actually played last week, just before the tournament. And I'm telling you, these guys were like, Europe has no chance. They were just thinking, I mean, the, frankly, on paper, the American team was significantly better than the European team. And Europe just trounced them. Just trounced them. Went out in the morning session on Friday and swept for nothing, and basically you have to, you have to get fourteen points or fourteen and a half i guess technically to win uh to to win the the, the tournament you know because there's like twenty eight matches or whatever twenty nine matches and Europe just trounced them and uh but that wasn't even the interesting part of the story i mean dustin i mean, I know you had said you heard some things uh, about about the Ryder Cup did you have any interesting stories that you had followed particularly or I think
1: for me the the thing i paid attention to the most and it wasn't a ton of it, but, um, Ludwig Aberg, um, uh, from mm-hmm. Sweden got, uh, asked to be on the Ryder cup, which is a big deal in and of itself just to be asked. But, mm-hmm. uh, he turned pro just recently. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason for me to follow that name is he is, uh, he's a red Raider. So he went Ooh. to Texas tech, but he is from Sweden. Um, so following that a little bit, just due to the fact of being a homer here and being a tech fan and knowing that, um, you've got somebody, um, to follow, it'd be like Texas fans following, um, Jordan Spieth. Um, it's just, you know, you kind of follow the guys that you, you hear about and know about within your community. But, um, I know he played well. Uh, I don't know yeah, how did. well, but I, I know he played fairly well. And especially for, for being so young and, and turning pro so recently, Um, it just kind of says a lot to, to his ability, I guess.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, to be honest, I mean, most rookies never get asked to be on the Ryder cup. I mean, your Ryder cup are typically your, you know, your top, I think like the top, I think there's 12 guys on each team and the top six automatically get in like in the world rankings automatically get in. And then there are, you have a captain and then he makes choices, and of course, this year was all interesting because of the live golf thing and Brooks Kepka for the U.S. played, even though he was a U.S. guy, a live guy. But Europe didn't choose any of the live golfers to play on their team. And so Auberg gets chosen and he's been described by some as a generational talent, like he's that potentially that good. Uh, and he went out and he played really well. But but so what? So here's the the thing that gets crazy. Right. So the stories that happen early on—I mean, obviously, Europe goes out and the opening round on Friday sweeps the ta- runs the table, dominates the U.S. in the opening, and then of course all the stories start coming. Well, the United States and and you know the U.S. and Europe—they they each wear a, a, you know a a, a set uniform, uh, you know—and and Patrick Cantlay doesn't. And so now, for those who don't know, Patrick Cantlay is right now one of the most despised guys in golf because he plays so slow. And I mean, there were videos going around this summer of him and basically like people are like, this guy, he's playing five hour rounds of golf. I mean, people are going nuts about Cantlay. Well, Cantlay doesn't wear his hat, right? So the whole US team is there for the team picture and he doesn't wear his hat. And the story is that Can'tley doesn't wear his hat because he prefers not to wear a hat. Well, he wears a hat on the, on the PGA Tour because he gets paid to wear a hat. But the story is that he's like, I'm not getting paid to wear this hat. I'm not wearing this hat. So he doesn't wear the hat. And so that becomes a story in itself, right? It's like, well, dude, really, like you're not gonna wear the uniform because you're not getting paid to do it. And, and Dustin, I gotta tell you, how brilliant the European trolls were, right? The second round, the second day, he's coming up to the 16th hole. Cantley comes up, all of the fans start taking off their hat, they start waving their hats at him, and they start singing, Hats off for your bank account! Hats off for your bank account! <laughs> they like make up this song <laughs> to, to troll Cantley as he's coming up as he's coming up the tour. So that's great a, trolling. I mean that's that is great A trolling and that gives you a flavor for what this is like. Well, it gets better than this, right? So Cantley comes up at the end of his second round and he actually makes like three straight birdies to win his match or and so he comes up on 16, 17, 18. He makes a, a huge putt on 18 that now puts pressure on Rory McIlroy. Well, his his caddy, Joe Lacava, who's one of the most seasoned caddies on the PGA Tour, he's been around forever. Cantley makes the putt. Kava stands on the green and just waves his hat around as all the all the American fans cheer. And he stays there, and he stay, and then he walks right in Rory McElroy's line. He steps in his putting line and waves his hat. And Rory goes up to him and basically, I mean, you don't know exactly what he said, but basically, hey man, get out the way, right? At which point, LaCava kind of walks away. And then Rory goes back to line up his putt and LaCava goes back to him and like gets up in his face while he's, this is the caddy for Patrick Cantlay getting up in Rory's face while Rory's has to make this putt to have the match, right? So you get all, I mean like, what the heck? I mean, a caddy getting involved in the match, and then they literally get into an altercation in the parking lot afterward. Like Rory starts yelling at Joe Lacava, and then uh, uh, Shane Lowry, a, a, a British golfer, or, uh, comes over and like breaks it up, and like, oh, I mean, this is crazy. This is like extreme golf. And this
1: is this is a gentleman's sport.
0: No, no, it wasn't this weekend. Well, <laughs> right and. So, so two years from now, it's going back to the U.S., and it's going to be held at Bethpage Black in Long Island, right? Okay, and yeah. So people are people are already tweeting, you know, oh, just wait and see what's coming for you in two years at Bethpage. So, like, it's on. And I, I you know, I think for the game of golf, I love it. I, I just love it.
1: It could be good.
0: It could be good. It's... It's crazy stuff, right? Because, like, you never think that golf is going to get intense and fiery. But, man, these guys were just going at it. And crazy intensity for the Ryder Cup. But long and short, Europe won. They, sh- they were not expected to win at all. They hold the cup. We have two more years of excitement until we get this sort of intensity. And who knows, maybe we're going to get somebody... You know what? You know what's going to happen. Taylor Swift's going to start dating Brooks Kepka.
1: So you're already throwing Travis Kelsey into her next song, and it's they're going <laughs> to move on, and it's prob- we're going from gonna there.
0: Yeah. Probably going to happen. Actually, one more note on this, and I don't want to say too much, but Victor Hovland is one of the young, uh, real big players in golf in Europe, and so they had this the, the team picture, and the, and and like all of the European guys. Like everybody but Hovland has either a girlfriend or a wife. And they have this picture where they're all standing there and they're all kissing their wives or girlfriends and Hovland's standing by himself. So then they took a picture with Hovland laying on the green, surrounded by all the ladies, all of the wives and girlfriends of everybody else on the European team. And he's holding the trophy with this great big smile on his face. And it's just like the classic picture of all time. Man, it's a, it, this was the best golf weekend of the year. It beat the Masters. It beat the U.S. Open. It was everything. Very nice. Ryder Cup. All right. We're going to move on because I could talk about this for far too long, and I'm sure D4, you know, we always look for new angles on D4, and I can't just come straight in on golf. So, Dustin, NBA news. What do you got? Anything exciting in the NBA this week?
1: Well, you said you can't come straight in with golf, so – you're playing like me then if you're not hitting it straight. So uh, my, my game is definitely one to uh, play the whole course and not just fairways and greens. Um, mm-hmm. as, as I like to say, fairways are just guidelines for the week. Um, yeah. But if we're going to talk about the NBA, uh, I mean, the biggest story probably, I don't know, over the past few months, maybe even year, is uh, – The Damian Lillard trade that sends Mm -hmm. him to Milwaukee to play alongside Giannis. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been wanting to get out of Portland for a little while. Uh, I I think he's been wanting to get out of Portland for a long time, but he's just played that card of I want to be here, I want to win a title here, I want to be a part of this community, but they never really built much around him to solidify that. Mm-hmm. So he had been pining for Miami and really wanting to go to Miami. So they they mm. they chose the the next best spot for him, uh, Milwaukee, uh, pretty close to to Miami. Um, they're very similar. Yeah, yeah. Very um, similar. So, <laughs> but he does get to play alongside one of, if not the best player in the NBA right now. Uh, Giannis yep. is, is one that is just uh, a phenomenal player athlete um you just can't say enough good good about him um but it does send um drew holiday to portland there's actually another team in this trade and that's phoenix and deandre ayton is going to go up to portland as well and uh, uh oh who's the center for nurkic is going to phoenix from portland so there's there's multiple players involved in all this and uh, but that is the big news for sure. Uh, another big news is Harden did not sign uh, with the 76ers or show up um, to, you know, the first day of practice and things like that. So he's probably not going to be wearing a 76ers uniform this sh- this year.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so. Let's, let's unpack this a bit. So so you are a Phoenix fan. So how does this trade – how do you feel about this trade? Are you, like, thumbs up, thumbs down? What are you on this trade?
1: Uh I think DeAndre is a great player. Um, They have had some issues between um, management and Aiton over the past couple years on extensions and playing time and how he plays in the playoffs versus the season. Um, So I think just to kind of get all of that out of the way, um, new coach and Frank Vogel being there, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out but the the center coming down from portland is good too so i um, excited mm-hmm. to see that but we also got bradley beal um from mm. washington um with st louis you know, guy still, yep, yeah 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 mm-hmm. um so you got beal you've got kevin durant still you've got um devin booker who's still there so at this point, I don't know if there's enough basketballs to go around, but we'll just kind of see <laughs> yeah. how this how this plays out. You know, you've got a bunch of big names, um, but what does that really mean in the grand scheme of things?
0: Um, well, and that's kind of what the NBA has turned into in the last decade, right? Is throw the big names in a pot and hope they can work. I mean, and, and I mean is is the Dame Lillard and and Giannis? I mean, is that this is that just the next iteration of Super team, or are, are do you think they're complementary in basketball?
1: Uh, I think they could be complementary because Damian Lillard is is a very good player. Um, he's not one to just go out and score a bunch of points, although he can. Um, yeah. I mean, he can he can come out and put put up a bunch. But he's also willing to be the guy to to make the assist or make the extra play when needed um, they've still got Chris Middleton they've still got Brooke Lopez so they've got some other guy and Chris Middleton is I mean he can get you 22 seven and five a night which is uh mm-hmm. pretty impressive but right now he's gonna end up being yep. the, the third guy in in all of this where he has been the yep. number two for for a long time um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how all that works out but I mean, you still got Denver. Um, they're going to be yep. really good this year as well. Uh, and, I mean, it's Miami's still going to be good. They weren't expected to be what they were last year. But, I mean, with Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler, they've got some good pieces as well. They, uh, they play a, di- a different style than most of the NBA. They're more about defense initially than, than offense. Um, But then you've got Boston, who is interesting, because they're young-ish, but they've got some superstars that could really take them to the next level. They just haven't gotten over that hump yet. So it'll be interesting to see what the NBA is um, this coming year. I know we will eventually get into all that, but that's just kind of what I'm seeing right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. If if Damian Lillard had gone to Miami, does that make them the favorite? I mean, and you're... And your you know, 30-second estimation, the Damian Lillard trade, does that shift the balance of power in the NBA or no?
1: I don't know if it shifts it because Milwaukee was such a, kind of a powerhouse anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Miami, I think they would have, have been, had to give up more than they needed to. Milwaukee had the, the pieces to give up to still be a good team. I don't know if Miami mm-hmm. had those pieces. It may have been mm-hmm. Tyler Harrow. Kyle Lowry, but Kyle Lowry's kind of uh, on a downhill trajectory. Um, So Milwaukee was a better fit in the sense that they could give up more and still have a solid team surrounding Lillard and Giannis uh, versus Mm -hmm. what Miami, I think, would have had to give up to still be a contender in the East. Gotcha.
0: All right. Well, we'll keep our eye on that. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, obviously, NBA... I remember I saw something last week that is like 30 days to the to the regular season, and I'm like, wait, Christmas is more than 30 days away, so I didn't know what they were talking about there. But typo, uh, typo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I know they are they are coming on strong and uh, real quick. And I, I you know kind of had initial plans to talk more about this, but obviously baseball postseason starting tonight, right? Uh, you got it. And we we kind of ran through some scenarios last week, and the Mariners. Didn't make it happen, right? They, uh, they ended up on the outside there.
1: They did, and uh, Houston actually ended up tying with the Rangers but had the tiebreaker, so that sent uh, the Rangers into the wild card and the Astros winning the division. And actually, the yeah. Rangers are up one nothing on the Tampa Bay Rays in the middle of the second right now.
0: Oh, they've already started. Okay, excellent. There they, have, they have. Uh, they
1: uh, have. And, and just to, so that you're aware, it's almost halftime and it's still 0-0 for Millwall.
0: All right, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate the update. And uh, you know, again, following up on what we said last year, end of season stats. Now they ended up, they did indeed. We had nine nine players that batted over three hundred this year. But I think what was most surprising to me was, if you go down to people batting over two ninety, there were only twelve. Meaning there were only three players that batted between two ninety and three hundred. And just to put that in perspective, in 2018, five years ago in baseball, there were 32 players who batted over two ninety for a season. This year, there were 12.
1: It's so gone down, obviously. We will
0: definitely come back to baseball at some point. But, uh, yeah, you know, hey, look, the play- Major League Baseball playoffs are always exciting. It will be interesting to see if the, if the pitch clock kind of – Changes up the feel of the game, particularly in those later innings. Uh, but, you know, we're just getting underway, so uh, we'll track that for you. And what and, I, and I will
1: say real quickly on that note is yep. um, I don't know how much involvement, you know, baseball is going to get. I know it's the playoffs. I know people watch. But at the same time, um, I think you had sent me something the other day that was like it's been, what, 30 years since either the Cardinals, the Yankees, and the Red mm-hmm. Sox have been in the playoffs itself, so that those are your big market baseball teams. Yep. So it'll yep. be interesting to see how all of that plays out. I know there's still some some big market teams in there, but those are your three that people follow on the regular.
0: Do you have anybody in the Northeast this year? I don't think anybody. Did, did Baltimore Phillies. Uh, that's pushing it to call it Northeast, but yeah. I mean, well, the Orioles are a great story. To be honest, I mean that you know they they probably deserve a little more attention than we got. I been. mean,
1: I was I was pretty close to Baltimore this weekend. I would say that that's yeah. northeast from where I'm at. So <laughs>
0: well, okay, from <laughs> from Lubbock, I will <laughs> acknowledge that indeed you are northeast. And uh, just to to capture the global flair of this podcast, I, I did mention last week that the Rugby World Cup is going on right now. Which is kind of a big deal over here, and uh, you know it's a very much like the like like the soccer World Cup where you've got pool play, you've got round robin play to start. They've got four pools of five teams, but I just want to you know talk to you you know and and basically like the top twenty teams in the world uh, get into this you know national teams and Namibia, Namibia comes out, they lost to Italy fifty two to eight. They lost to New Zealand, 71 to three. They lost to France, 96 to nothing. And then lost to Uruguay, 36 to 26. They kind of stepped up. Not to be outdone, Romania comes out and loses to Ireland, 82 to eight. To South Africa, 76 to nothing. And to Scotland, 84 to nothing. And oh, by the way, Chile, loses to Japan 42 to 12 to Samoa 43 to 13 and to England 71 to nothing.
1: Man, putting up points like the New York Giants.
0: Yeah, whoa. I have a stat about them later. But the Rugby World Cup, I mean, you talk about the story of the haves and the have-nots and uh Boy, I mean, rugby is exciting to watch. And if you get a chance, turn it on. If you find it on, I know most of our listeners are in the U.S., some of you over here in the U.K., it's easy to find over here. Maybe a little harder to find over there. Rugby is exciting to watch, but, boy, it really, I mean, it makes me ask the question, like, what are Namibia and Romania doing in this tournament when they're losing, you know, by scores like 84 to nothing and 96 to nothing? And, uh I don't know, it, it's kind of crazy. But uh, anyway, the top six teams in the world, Ireland, France, South Africa, New Zealand, Scotland, and England are doing as expected. The rest of the world <laughs> is there for them to put up stats, apparently. But uh, there you go, Rugby World Cup. So there's your mixed drink segment uh, for the week on D4 Sports, covering the entirety of the sporting world. So Dustin, there's all sorts of great sports out there that we can fill our time with. But I want to talk now, and I want to kind of introduce a new segment here. I think this might stick. We're on our 10th episode, bit of a milestone, but I think this is a D4 top four, right? And I I think I think that might work. And I I want to give it a shot here. And I wanna I wanna go with the top four sports for drinking. Top four sports. For drinking so and I, I don't mean obviously drinking while you're playing although you know some sports as we'll kind of get into you know you maybe you could but i'm thinking here primarily of like top four sports that if, you know if you're going to watch or you're going to consume you know what are your what are your top four sports for drinking and i want to throw a couple of ideas out there first frankly i'm going to start with some honorable mentions first right some that i was okay. thinking through and i'm thinking you know this and i'm thinking number one horse racing, because number one, you know, the races go all day and it's gambling. And, you know, if you get to like the Kentucky Derby, you even have like, you know, your drink. own designated drink, like the mint julep, Like
1: right? the, the julep, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be fair, I don't have enough experience with horse racing to be able to know for certain, but I have a feeling the guys who go and, you know, bet on the ponies all day, I'm guessing they're kind of drinking all this. I, I could see that one. Uh, another honorable mention, uh, bowling to me is a big contender, but bowling's pretty much a leisure activity. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know that I can fully, and it's not much of a spectator sport. Not many, I mean, yes, the PBA, there are some people who go and watch, but you know, generally speaking, not too many. Uh, and, I, and I also had slow pitch softball in here. Right? Because look, I played some slow pitch softball as an adult, and I can tell you there's some pretty serious drinking that goes on in slow pitch softball. But nobody watches slow pitch softball, right? Like, I mean, wives who get drunk along, and like Jimmy next door, who has nothing better to do with his time, comes to watch your slow pitch softball match. Other than that, that's about it. Right. And then I had two that I. Two that I disqualified for various reasons. Number one, baseball. And I disqualified baseball, not because you can't drink at baseball, because obviously, you know, the national pastime, you have a beer, but they stopped selling beer in like the seventh inning now, right? They they, they closed. And I, and, I, and I will 100% caveat this because this will 100% be featured on another episode of D4 Sports because the ultimate D4 Sports night happened on June 4th, 1974 do you know what that was Dustin
1: no that's before my time
0: 10 cent beer night in Cleveland um and and let's just say it didn't go as expected or maybe as hoped Uh, or
1: or it did and uh well (laughs) then they had to shut it down I'm I'm guessing
0: (laughs) either way not just because of that game but in large part because of that game you know baseball you know doesn't now having said that you and i have a couple of times in st louis we went to some of the all-inclusive seats you get a couple hours beforehand you got open bar in there that could be i mean you can you can you can enjoy not only the baseball game but uh, any good number of drinks yeah
1: yeah, and I was surprised you you kind of disqualified baseball, but at the same time I can see where you're coming from with you know stopping of the selling and things like that. But it's definitely one you could you could put up there for sure. Uh, yeah,
0: well, and, and, and that tells you how good a competition we have here, right? Because, okay. but but I will also say I I was kind of reading about this today, and I I thought it was kind of league wide policy that to stop selling in the seventh or eighth inning, and it's actually not. It's a decision of individual stadiums. But, um, you know, people trying to be responsible and, of course, not send people home uh, intoxicated is kind of the goal there. And and the other one I've disqualified is soccer and the English Premier League. Do you have any idea what the alcohol rules are for the English Premier League? Uh, I do not. And this is so stunning because for a country that has so many pubs and so much beer consumed and what we even talked about, You know, how we were trying hard to get liquor licenses changed so we could pregame for the Women's World Cup. In the English Premier League, they will sell alcohol in the stadiums. They sell beer in the stadiums, but only on the concourse, not in your seats. You cannot take the beer back to your seats. So you can only have a beer someplace where you literally can't see the pitch.
1: That's crazy. (laughs)
0: So you basically... So you basically have to choose between drinking your beer or watching the game. So I'm going to say for that, I have to disqualify it because, um, yeah. And actually, I was, I was you, you can buy alcohol in football stadiums in England, but you're not permitted to drink it at your seat or in view of the football pitch. That's the official rule of the English Premier right. League. So there you go. So with that in mind, here are my top four. Number one, I'm going to go with golf right because lots of time and lots of access right whether you're playing you know and you buy beers beforehand and take them out with you or you just wait for the cart girl the beer cart to come around and buy it on the course you buy one at the turn or you you know you stop after the round in the you know in the bar and you drink there's plenty of access to alcohol and if you're just watching and you know you buy tickets to go to a pga tournament and you're on the course for eight hours and you're just walking around all day. Unlimited access, unlimited, unlimited time, basically. So I kind of got to put golf up there as, as one of them. Um, number two, I'm going with cricket, cricket. And I'm going with cricket because simply put, it's all day long, right? Test cricket. They literally play five days and they play all day long. The matches could go an indefinite amount of time like baseball in that sense except that literally they they're they're planning to play for five days and this is where I will name drop as we were planning this podcast as we were getting ready to get started I went and I met Tom Holland who hosts one of the world's greatest podcasts out there the rest is history and Tom Holland and I dropped to him I said hey we're gonna be doing a podcast my brother-in-law and I he asked what it was about and I said sports and drinking He said, great angle. He said, you know, cricket is the perfect perfect example. He goes, because where else can you just start drinking at 10.30 in the morning and drink all day long and nobody even thinks anything about it? Now, to be fair, I've never gone to a cricket match. But Dustin, when you come to London, you see what I did there? I did. When you you come to London, we will take in a cricket match. And we will We will firsthand explain. Now, number three, I'm gonna to go to football. Why do you think I'm taking football, Dustin?
1: Um, I mean, there's multiple different reasons, I'm sure. Um, for me with football, the first thing that comes to mind if we're talking about drinking is gonna be college football. You're tailgating, you're pre-gaming, you're, I mean, there's, there's so many different angles, especially with college football, um, that you can, uh, Take um, and then with the NFL itself, um, and then it feels like every other commercial when you're watching football is a beer commercial anyway, um, and it's just there's so many different angles with football itself um, that you could be a part of, I guess.
0: Well, and that's exactly right. But uh, and I would say you're selling short the NFL tailgating experience, right? And and this well, is I haven't where...
1: been to, I haven't been to Buffalo before a game, so I can't well, really you know experience the full. <laughs> of it
0: yeah it's not just buffalo to be honest i mean so and i'll go back when i was a kid we had season tickets to the raiders games back in the early 80s and so and we would go and we would go tailgate every game you know we we'd show up at 10 or 11 a.m and we would you know for and i'm 10 years old so i wasn't drinking beer everybody else was right and people were giving each other spraying each other with beer and also i mean i have crazy memories of that time, even when I was eight, nine, 10 years old. But um, yeah, I mean, there's really, you know, Kansas City is famous for these guys barbecuing in the parking lot. And yeah, football shows up. And, you know, and, and this is one of the beauties of football. We talked about fantasy sports earlier. And they do fantasy baseball. But the challenge with fantasy baseball is it's literally every day, right? Or basketball, they play every two or three days. Or hockey, they play every two or three. Football is once a week. So it's an event for every game, and you know you get eight home games. Maybe now they got 17 games, so maybe nine home games a year. So it's it's not you know 180 game commitment. It's not it's not you know three times a week. It's once a week or maybe once every other week, and they show up. And so the the tailgating, yeah, absolutely a big deal, right? And I, I and interesting you bring up the college thing because I was looking at this and I remember. Back in the day, being a Cal fan, I, I did go to a few Cal Bears games. And I remember going to, going to the Cal Bears games and you, you couldn't they didn't sell alcohol in the stadium. And mm-hmm. so all the fraternities would line up outside the stadium on the walk into the stadium. And they'd all basically just have kegs set up and they'd just be selling you beer out there on the way into the stadium because you couldn't buy it there. But now in the last 10 years or so, most college stadiums actually do now serve alcohol um, in the stadium. But there's a few that don't. Uh, famously, uh, maybe of, of the major teams, uh, Georgia does not sell in their stadium um, uh, for some reason. Whatever, I'm not sure 100% what their decision is. But um, but generally speaking, most most college stadiums you can now buy beer. But but yeah, football. You know, the pregame and the tailgate aspect. I think kicks it to another level that pushes it kind of beyond your baseball and, and, your, and your other experience. And, and this is another reason why the English Premier League gets disqualified is because public transportation in the UK, there are no parking lots at the stadiums. <laughs> so there's no place to tailgate. You literally just kind of get off, you get off the train, you get off the tube and you're like in the stadium. There's no, uh, there's no parking lot there. But I, I'm going to go number one. That's, I'm going to give you a guess here. What do you think I'm going to go number one sport for drinking is? Hockey. I am not going to go hockey.
1: Oh, man.
0: And, and it's not because hockey fans don't drink, because they do. Um, they do you know, quite a bit. and you know. And I was looking at hockey, but I'm going to go NASCAR. Okay. And the reason I'm going to go NASCAR, there's two reasons. Number one, again... You're all day out there and, you know, you're, you're out there in the hot sun and what's better in the cool light in the hot summertime, right? When you're out there in the infield and you're watching your guys drive and turn left and all these things. But NASCAR basically owes its existence to prohibition. Yeah. I don't I know if you, that. and I didn't know this. And I, this is something I learned, you know, as I was researching for this podcast. And this literally comes from the Winston Cup. Website that basically NASCAR owes its roots to bootleggers back in the 1930s. So, as the as the, the you know, in America, one of the few countries to ever try to actually outlaw alcohol, didn't manage to, of course, squelch the desire for alcohol or the distribution of it. So, they start you know, souping up cars to basically avoid the police. And it was, and again, I'm pulling this straight off of the Uh, of the uh, Winston Cup Museum website. Henry Ford's V8 engine, introduced just before the end, end of Prohibition, helped bootleggers continue evading the law after 1933. And it was actually during Prohibition that people started to turn up to watch cars race because you had people that were souping up their cars for the purposes of evading the law And they started racing. And this eventually contributed significantly to the concept of stock car racing and thus NASCAR as we know it. All right. So it's not merely seeing Bud Light or Bud on the side of a car or Coors Light, the Silver Bullet or whatever, what have you. But NASCAR basically... Owes a significant piece of its existence to drinking.
1: I, I I think the most impressive thing to me out of that whole story is that you consider it a sport.
0: Mm. Well, Shots fired
1: on that one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. it yeah. is. Yeah, it is. Man, I, I mean, look. I just, I just hurt the South on that one.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, 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 you did. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, we had Sam on a couple of weeks ago talking about Formula One. And if you're going to consider any auto racing a sport, all auto racing has to be a sport, right?
1: No, and I and I do consider it a sport. I mean, my father-in-law was a big, big NASCAR guy, and yeah, yeah. Um, he he followed it, had his favorites, and things like that. So I just say that tongue-in-cheek, just because I know you know some people have that debate on. Well, is it a sport? You know, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, um, that's why that's why I say it is just to kind of to poke fun and and have a little bit of fun with it.
0: Yeah. So I I don't know. That's, that's where I'd go. And I know, you know, this is something Dustin, you spent, you know, 50 some odd hours in a hearse. I spent time thinking about what are my top four sports for drinking. Maybe you can come back and you can give me some counters uh, in the weeks ahead. But uh, yeah, no, I, you know, look, if if you're going to, I I mean, I could give
1: you mine right now.
0: Oh, well, I mean, all all right. Do tell, sir, do tell.
1: So I would put golf in there as well. Um, yep. that is definitely one of the sports that you can although it's probably not advised to do it while playing it is one of the very few sports that people uh, will do um, mm-hmm. while they're while they're playing golf right So you yep. incorporate yep. that into it I think that plays a, a huge role in putting it in the top four mm-hmm. um, I would like I stated, I would put hockey. Uh, next um, just because uh, it's a it's a sport that uh, you got these big 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 guys that have missing teeth and uh, like to fight and it just kind of incorporates and brings to mind drinking and and well, what there can happen is, with all the...
0: there is beer league hockey, so just to be well, clear I mean that's like an established thing so I, yeah I mean I, I had a, I was tough. It was a tough to leave out hockey, but yeah. So I I'm not gonna fight you over that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then uh, I would definitely put football as well. Um, that's definitely a sport that we just talked about with tailgating and and everything um, that is involved with all that. But I would have said baseball as well. Um, oh, I know that okay. you kind of took that out of contention, um, but it it is one that Incorporates a lot of of alcohol and um, with with the sports aspect, but I, I wouldn't put it at the top. I didn't go one, two, three, four. I just put the four yeah, yeah. in together. Yeah. I will say honorable mention uh, billiards. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, billiards, all right. <laughs> bill, billiards,
1: because it's basically in a bar. Um, you know, that's the. <laughs> Nice. You, you know you gotta you gotta add that in there. So that's that's my one honorable mention.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, you see that's another one. That's like I mean, look, I was a bowler as a kid, so I really respect bowlers and how hard it actually is. But boy, is billiards a sport or is it a leisure activity?
1: No, it's probably more leisure activity. I mean, we can put yeah. cornhole in there as well. So.
0: Oh um, well, yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about drinking and cornhole, I mean we're. I think you may have stepped into a whole nother dimension there.
1: Yeah. Rabbit hole. Here we come.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Much like last week when we kind of stumbled on the, you know, coach's press conference, you know, segment, maybe a leisure activity and drinking, uh, you know, segment. We we could almost uh, look, we could probably do a segment on cornhole if we really wanted to, but I don't know if anybody needs that. Probably not. (laughs) But maybe a future segment on D4 Sports. But uh, there you go, D4 Top 4. D4 Top 4. First introduction here on episode 10. So if we've established that football is one of the best sports for drinking, we've also established that D4 loves football and we absolutely want to talk more about it. So Dustin, here we are week four. Uh, I know you spent most of the weekend in the hearse, <laughs> but what's your take on week four through week four? What do you see in trends, ideas, thoughts?
1: Uh, there are some yeah. trends. And I, I, I think the thing to me that is surprising is, um, trend right now is the Bengals. Yeah. Um, their their offensive line is not good, I guess would be the easiest way to put that. You were talking about the Padres earlier, and when you brought up the Padres, my mind instantly went to the Cincinnati Bengals because their offense, and I mean, their defense isn't terrible, but their offense, you look at that and you put it in the top three. Easy. In terms on paper, of... On paper, on paper yeah. Yep. E- easily the top three because uh, I mean you got Jamar Chase you've got T. Higgins, you've got Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow I mean you've got these guys that can put up just some ridiculous numbers but they're not doing it and it, it it's just surprising and it's not I think the thing that was surprising this week to me is just the three points I'm not saying that they're not going to lose games but
0: yeah. three
1: points that's that's a shock.
0: Well, and and I don't know if you saw this stat, but Joe Burrow has currently the fewest yards per attempt of any quarterback through four games since 1950. That's 1950. Not,
1: that's not good. Do you think his injury plays a part in that?
0: I, I mean, it's got to be part of that. And, and I was going to ask you, I was getting, do you think it's all, I mean, you mentioned offensive line. It's certainly partly the offensive line, but I mean, like surely Joe Burrow just didn't forget how to play quarterback. Right. I mean, but I, I mean, that's stunning.
1: I don't know. I mean, he, it, yeah. he didn't forget how to play, but at the same time, you got to think, you know, decision-making, um, I, I don't even know where to go with all of it. It's 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 just surprising to me to go from where they were last year to where they are in the first four games this year.
0: Well, and I mean, let's face it—they're one and three, right? And I mean, you know, Burrow played last week and gutted it out and got the win because he was like, "Well, zero and three is worse than my calf injury." But now they're one and three, and if they go to one and four, I mean, they're almost done, right? Because you got to think you need at least to be ten and seven, probably eleven and six. To get in the playoffs, that means you got to go ten and you got to go ten and one or ten and two. There, I mean that's, I I don't know. I mean I'm, yeah, I yeah I'm with you. The Bengals are a real shocker, to me in terms of. I, I mean maybe it's time to just say I I don't know. This is a, for whatever reason this is a flawed team this year. This is this is not a team that's, they are not looking like a playoff team. And, and no, they're not. From there, from the borough problems, I mean, let's face it. If we're going to be aw- honest, Zach Wilson outplayed Patrick Mahomes this week. Mahomes, he looked rough.
1: This and week. I think, and I listened to that game while driving. Yeah, um yeah. I I think Zach Wilson doesn't fumble that ball. They, Jets win that game. Win.
0: They might win that game. Yeah.
1: I mean, they're down seventeen, nothing, and then all of the sudden, here come the Jets, and yeah. they well, they surprise. I mean, Mahomes threw some interceptions he um, bad that interceptions. were prop, uh, uh, yeah. you know I mean, listening they, to it. They it wasn't like uh, he threw it into to double coverage and barely missed his receiver or got tipped or mm-hmm. anything like that. They were like, no. well, he floated that one up there.
0: He really did. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and he's done that. Right? I mean, and he's made his career throwing off balance and throwing on no feet sometimes, right? Or on one foot. Right. But he really floated some balls that were just like, boy, I, you know, I, I, I I'm not sure. It, it was very uncharacteristic. But by the same token, he made the plays with his feet and the running game when he had to. And, and I think, and I, you know, you know, let's make the parallel. Justin Fields plays his best game of the year right? Uh, all of a sudden looks like a guy who can suddenly throw the ball. He's running again and made a couple of mistakes at the end of the game, right? Whereas Mahomes really played arguably the worst game of his career that I've ever seen, but made the plays when he had to and, and won the game for it, you know? And, and, that's what, I mean, you know and, and that's where, I mean, you and I have talked about it over the years, good teams find ways to win and bad teams find ways to lose, and I think that's exactly what Kansas City did this week. Mahomes did not have his A game, and I don't know what it was. Um, I don't know if he. I, I don't know. I mean, it was it was uncharacteristic. I was watching it, going, "What what is he doing tonight?" Because he was he was making throws that didn't look like himself. But you know, long and short, they won the game, and yeah. and there you go. Right. And and I think Kansas City. And I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I think Kansas City's defense. I mean unless they take a big step backwards uh they're going to that might be the difference maker in in the in the league this year I think. I mean because they're playing significantly better in the early part of the season than they did last year and I think that bodes extremely well for Kansas City while their offense you know has up and down times while their young receivers figure it out I think. But
1: yeah. And you want to you want to talk about trends I think you said it to you know just a second ago is man the bears Justin Fields i mean he he has his best game of the year but let's let's take it he had his best half because that second half yeah 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 they yeah. they they, they kind of collab and it it's not all on him i mean the defense gave up you know a lot of points to the broncos as well um and let's face it the broncos were 0 and 4 going into the game as well so for them to come out and have the second half that they did as a you know a testament to them, but also a testament to how bad the Bears are.
0: Yep. Yeah. So no, I zero and three zero
1: and three, and then won this game. My bad.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. I mean, I, 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 again, I just wish I had never actually recorded the fact that I thought Bears were going to make the playoffs. I, I, if I could retract any any human statement I've ever made, that might be <laughs> that might be the one. Although, boy, the Steelers Look terrible again, again, and And Kenny Pickett
1: getting injured.
0: Yeah, though I think he's gonna. I think I read that he's gonna be all right and he's gonna get to play. But my goodness, and 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 that uh, teams that I just don't understand right now. Right, I mean like the Steelers again. Sometimes their defense plays great. Sometimes their offense plays well enough. Their offense has not looked good all year, so. there's that but the tennessee titans i don't know what to make of this team right i mean they win 27 to 3 they lose 27 to 3 and i what do you have any take on the titans at this point
1: i don't even know if they know who they are yet um yeah they they do have a good defense um yeah. they do have uh semi-good offense i mean Tannehill's um, um, in the middle quarterback derrick henry uh just getting older i'm not saying he's not any good but the wear and tear on yeah right the wear and tear on his body is going to be the thing that takes the toll um so i i don't I, I get, like you said i don't know what tennessee is or who they are yet or anything like that
0: i mean i'm literally going into this week's you know pick'em games and i'm like i have no idea I have no idea what the Tennessee Titans are going to be this week. I, I you know, And another team I'd put in that category, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, who are the New Orleans Saints? Because they got handled by the Buccaneers, who are hardly a juggernaut, right? I mean, we have talked about Baker. Baker's played all right. But boy, I, I don't know what the Saints are either. Are, are they going to play, or are they not going to play?
1: Right. Yeah no that's a that's an interesting one for sure. Um but another another team that's not playing up to par which is not surprising as well uh the Giants. Um mm. <laughs> they they look rough. They they well and last year they didn't score any offensive touchdowns in the first 3 games of the season last year and they made the playoffs and actually won a playoff game. And they have done the same this year, where the first, well, I guess four games now didn't score an offensive touchdown in the first half, uh, and that just says a lot about an offense. I mean,
0: in in fact, they have been outscored 77 to nine in the first half this year.
1: jeez that's awful.
0: <laughs> how how do you win? How do you? That's win? a
1: ru- that's a rugby score.
0: Yeah, that's Namibia, or maybe Romania, in in rugby. Yeah, that's brutal.
1: It's bad. And it's, I mean, Daniel Jones is, man, they're driving last night. It's actually a game, uh, and he throws a 97-yard pick six. Yeah. I mean, just, you want to talk about deflating.
0: Did you see the Manning cast on that?
1: Where like Peyton Manning throws his head back and Eli Manning's just like, Oh no, no. Oh no.
0: (laughs) Well, they both do what what they call like the surrender Cobra. They both go, Oh, and they throw both their hands behind their head. They both did that. Oh no. Oh, terrible. At the same time. yeah, Yeah. It was funny. It's good stuff. Yeah. But I mean, well, and on the teams we just mentioned, I got a couple of the Steelers. I mentioned their offense. They have had 52 straight games with less than 400 yards of offense. I mean, and that's kind of 52
1: straight games?
0: 52 games in a row with less than 400 yards of offense. And I mentioned the Saints, and I, I, I texted this one to you during the weekend. Alvin Kamara. Kamara catches 13 passes for 33 yards. <laughs> I mean, what is that? How do you even and – and I saw this stat that somebody posted – that is the, the, the fewer yards than anybody ever had with 13 catches, obviously, right? By 79 yards. Wow. <laughs> like, I mean, because how do you catch 13 passes for 33 yards? What? I mean, that's, that's, you, you'd think you'd break a tackle at some point and get eight. Me- I, I mean, so-
1: something, something.
0: That's just incredible. Just incredible. So, all right. So, NFL. In your mind, most important win of the week, or biggest win of the week, or however you want to phrase it. Uh,
1: I think I think there could be two, um, okay. in, for this week. Um, I think one is going to be the Lions over the Packers. I know the Packers okay. aren't the same yep. team that they have been in the past. But neither are the Lions, which is a good thing no. for them. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's definitely one that shows that their trajectory is in the right direction. Um, I mean, they went into Lambeau and won. Um, yeah. that's a hard place to play, even if you are playing Jordan Love and some guys that you don't even know. Whoa, 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 whoa! Jordan hey,
0: Love is your boy, right?
1: He's he's one that I said will have a good season. I didn't say that they'd <laughs> oh. win it all. So, so we're still hanging on to that, Uh, but, um, I I do think that was a big win in just more of a, you know, not really moral victory, but in the sense of what the past decade has been for the lions. Um, it, it is a big win. And I think another big win or a statement win is Buffalo.
0: Uh, yeah, that's the one I got. Yep.
1: Is, is, you know, they're playing a team that just dropped 70 points and I know it was in Buffalo. But Josh Allen basically just kind of took over the game. Four touchdown passes. Stephon Diggs caught three of them. He has a rushing touchdown. Uh, I, I think they definitely tried to make a statement this weekend.
0: Yeah. No, and they handled Miami. I mean, they really did. They 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 laid it on them. Miami was really never in that game. And, uh Well, the yeah, thing about that, was,
1: that, too, though, yeah. is that could be – we know that Miami is still good. They're going to be good.
0: Oh, yeah. So that may
1: be one of those games where it's like, hey, we needed that to get us where we need to go. But at the same time, they still got it handed to them.
0: Yeah, they sure did. I I do want to point out, one of the roots of this podcast, as we've always said, as we've talked about many times, is we'd be watching football and we'd be saying, and, you know, I'd say something and then the announcers would come back and they'd say it, you know, whatever. And... I, I, I want to go back I think three weeks two three weeks and I made a comment about Miami and their offense and the motions that they ran specifically right and how they were running really interesting motions they'd have Tyreek Hill sprint out motion at the beginning and I saw the, the press conference this week with Kyle Shanahan right Kyle Shanahan one of the most innovative minds in the NFL and the right. N- talking about talking about that, that exact thing and how they've started copying it and what he calls it, the cheat motion, right? And he called it, why do you call it that? And he said, well, because it's almost, and he caught himself for swearing, cheating when Tyreek Hill does it because we can't catch him, right? And he goes, it's almost a Canadian Football League play thing because in Canadian football, you can be sprinting at full speed toward the line of scrimmage, right? Which you can't do in the NFL when the ball snapped. And so they basically found a way to get Tyreek Hill at full speed. And, and teams have started catching it. So I just want to, look, I'm, I'm giving myself props here. A couple of weeks ago, I called out, look, the motion that Miami runs is really innovative. And sure enough, other teams have started copying it. I feel like that was a generalized podcast moment for me. And I'm, I'm going to claim it.
1: And you should. Pat yourself on the back. But if yeah, you can absolutely. get him moving instead of from a standstill point, I mean, you've already got the upper hand because of how fast he is. And it and it can definitely open up things. Now I know they lost this week, but yep. they're they're still gonna be a team to to reckon with. And and then you say yep. Shanahan, I mean the the Niners, man. Yep. Christian McCaffrey, you gotta get your receivers healthy though. You know, Debo will get healthy and then Ayuk is still gonna be good, but Christian McCaffrey right now is probably the best player in the NFL at this point. Like yeah, the, I r- mean, right now, four yeah. weeks in.
0: And and I am not uh, the biggest San Francisco 49ers fan in the world, but let's just all for all those of us who love football, let's hope that McCaffrey stays healthy this year, because the way he is playing is just phenomenal. It's it's fun to watch. It's statistically incredible. It's uh, I mean yeah, the Niners the Niners look good. They're going to be tough to. Uh, they're not going to go undefeated. I don't think. I mean obviously. I mean you know that. Statistically that almost never happens. Somebody's going to find a way to beat them, but boy when it comes to it, if people don't get hurt, oh, those Niners are going to be tough to beat. They're going to be tough well,
1: to beat. Well, the Niners do have a uh, a good game um, for for this weekend. That'll be fun to watch a Sunday night game. It's the Cowboys and the Niners. Mm. So,
0: I it, don't, it, and, I don't I, really, and I'm not saying the
1: Cowboys are this yeah. juggernaut but at the same time they're not a rollover either no not so, at all. No, and huh. so and it, so it's going to be interesting to see now i know Diggs, you know season ending injury and all is that that really hurts them um but it, it will be interesting to see uh this game just to kind of see where the niners really are at
0: yeah Well, then I I really appreciate the fact that you didn't take a cheap shot at the Patriots there after the Niners, after the Cowboys game last week, because that was terrible. That just hurt every bit of my being to watch that game and just see the Patriots just. And we talk about. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going
1: to say we talk about Millwall not having much of an offense, but. (laughs) That the, the Patriots Millwall offense. might
0: score more than the Patriots this year. <laughs>
1: well, they have Millwall is up one nil, so there you go. All but right.
0: but and the
1: Patriots are going to rely so heavily on their defense, and like you said earlier, they've got two injuries now on their defense that could just really yeah. uh, bring bring some something to the team that they don't want.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just sorry, I look at that team. And I just I don't I don't know where the offense is going to come from and. Ah, You know, it is what it is. It's disappointing, you know, but uh, yeah. And what Cowboys Niners? That'll be a heck of a game. You know, the only thing I would say. You don't ever want to peak too early in the NFL, right? And, you know, there's plenty of teams that have started eight and one who disappear by the end of the season and become a non-factor. Now, I don't really see that happening with the Niners, but, you know, injury can happen. And frankly, people can just figure them out, and they may just stop executing. So, you know, it's that second half of the season that really matters. But, uh, but boy, yeah, for now, the, the the Niners look like the real deal. Uh, I would say, if if I had to take one team right now, that's where I would go. All right. Well, let's 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 bring this to a close. Let's wrap this up. Last call, Dustin. You have a, you got a last call for me? You gotta you gotta send off.
1: Uh, no, nothing comes to mind right away. Um,
0: you know, you didn't learn anything 50 hours in the hearse didn't, uh, didn't stimulate you with anything new stories,
1: uh, stimulating and, and, and that, uh, is is probably not going to coincide together, but, uh, I I am just interested to see where the top tier teams in the NFL really are going to go. Um, I I mean, to me that just, uh, it's going to be a big story moving forward. You, you've, I don't know. There's just a lot to, to unpack over these first four weeks, and just kind of see where things go. And and knowing that me and you can talk forever about this stuff, there's no need to keep <laughs> going on. Keep going on right now. Um, yeah. But
0: well, I, I got one for you, and uh, let me ask you: Did you hear about Wally the alligator?
1: I'm afraid
0: not. You missed Wally the alligator. Well, in in uh, what I have to say. Uh, You know, to be honest, to the best of my knowledge, this guy was not uh, under the influence of anything. But uh, a gentleman shows up at the Philadelphia Phillies game with his support alligator. Wally the alligator was his... his, his, I know, and for those who can't... I know this isn't a video podcast, but if you saw the look that Dustin just gave me, that's why I'm starting to laugh here. (laughs) But... He has his emotional support alligator, Wally the alligator, who apparently he has had for something like 9 or 10 years. And he shows up at the Philadelphia Phillies game, and the Phillies will not let Wally into the stadium. Shocker. I mean, this he's walking around outside with this alligator on a leash. People are coming up, petting the alligator. He's like, no, he's friendly. He's super, fr- I've had him forever. And Wally didn't, I mean, to my knowledge, didn't bite anybody, didn't whack his tail at anybody. He just seems like a friendly, happy alligator that gives, I don't even know what the guy's name is, but he gave him emotional support. The Philadelphia Phillies said, Wally, you are not welcome. Dustin, what do you have to say about Wally the alligator?
1: Oh, there's so many things that could be said about Wally the Alligator. The first thing that comes to mind is fortuosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for those of you who don't know, The the Happiest Millionaire is an old school movie uh, that incorporates alligators, boxing, <laughs> Bible clubs, and just a whole slew of that's things. That's
0: a trifecta. That's a trifecta right there.
1: That's that's something. That's no something.
0: shilly-shallying, no dilly-dallying. Let's have a drink on it now.
1: What a way to end it.
0: If that's not D4, I don't know what is. Ladies and gentlemen, Wally the Alligator and Don and Dustin say, until next time. <laughs> we may have found our mascot.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh, oh, D4
0: Sports is brought to you by Don and Dustin. And by our sponsors, sports and day drinking. Special thanks go to Trey Klein for providing the music behind D4 and all our friends and family for supporting us throughout this episode.